Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my dear friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with a Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God and to stir within all of us a greater heart after God. Well, we are in our series, of course, through the Gospel of Luke called the Know Your Faith series. And what could be more important in knowing our faith than in learning about prayer and growing in prayer? You know, prayer is the subject of the entire Bible, and Jesus was in his humanity always in prayer. And his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And we see incredible examples of prayer all throughout Scripture. I believe it was last week we studied uh, Nehemiah's prayer, Nehemiah chapter 1, and how closely that prayer parallels the Lord's prayer, or what I like to call the Lord's pattern of prayer. We are in Luke chapter 11, but if you recall, I've chosen to teach from Matthew's account of the Lord's pattern of prayer because it's a a fuller account than Luke's. Luke's is much briefer. So if you would turn, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Luke, I'm sorry, to Matthew chapter 6. And our the title today is Pray with Confidence, Pray with Authority. Pray with confidence, pray with authority. Why do I say that? Well, because in the text, we are going to see yet again that the Lord Jesus invites us to pray with confidence and to pray with authority. He gives us authority in prayer. That is a remarkable, astonishing thing that God would choose to accomplish his work in the earth through our prayers. John Wesley observed that when he said, God does nothing on earth except in response to prayer. So before we get into the text, let's do just that. Let's pray. Father, be glorified in this message today. Let us honor you uh, first through the way I teach and preach that it would be accurate and reverent to you and even to your church. And then be glorified in how we respond to the message, that let us respond, let us first hear the the Word of God and the preaching of God with eager, open hearts. And then we pray, Holy Spirit, that we would bear much fruit for your namesake through what we do with the Word, and that is to become doers of it. Give us your heart to grow in prayer, to 
see the importance of prayer, to value prayer. In Jesus' name we ask, amen and amen. Now, uh, Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6. Wow, I, I need a lot of prayer right now because I'm very, very tired. And um, in fact, let me just stop and ask, Holy Spirit, you are, you are my strength and I need you to quicken me, um, to quicken my mind and my heart and, and just strengthen my body for this entire message in Jesus' name. Amen. I've already uh, had a full day at church today, and that was that was a good uh, five hours with two services. And um, I'm back home to preach this message, so I am I am tired, but I'm trusting the Lord to strengthen me. All right, Matthew chapter six. That's where we're at. Before we get into our our primary focus, let me just remind you what Jesus says to his disciples in the in Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 the second part of verse 5 no i'm sorry let's go to verse 6 verse 6 of Matthew 6 he says to his disciples but you when you pray not if but when you pray prayer is the normal part of the christian life Go into your inner room. You may recall that this is a place where um, valuables were stored. It was a, a small room or a chamber <coughs> or even a closet, and it was often secret, and it was used to store valuable possessions for protection. So he says, go into your inner room. Why would he use that word? Well, because he wants his disciples to understand the value of prayer, the importance of prayer, the special aspect of prayer, the need of prayer. Go into your inner room, close your door. So this means this is a sacred, holy time to be in the presence of God the Father. Close your door, and then notice the intimacy here. Pray to your father who is in secret, not some distant, unconcerned, uncaring God, but your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, not might, but will reward you. Now, Jesus doesn't tell us what the reward is, and I'm glad he didn't. But I would suggest to you, looking at the entirety of Scripture, looking at Jesus' life, the great greatest reward of all is his presence. It's his presence. And then certainly after that, the reward would be answers to prayer. But let's not think about a reward of answers to prayer just for our own needs, but let's consider that we pray to see God's, uh, his kingdom accomplished, his will done. We pray for the church. We pray for the lost. We pray for those who are in authority over us. We pray for all kinds of things. And the, and the great reward 
is that God listens and answers our prayers, that he uses our prayers in significant ways. Well, what am I saying here? I am saying that we can have significant confidence in prayer when our heart is right before God, when we are praying in faith, when we're trusting God, and when we, to the best of our ability, um, our spiritual understanding, I should say, are praying according to his will. And then uh, I love this in, um, let's see, in verse 8 of Matthew 6, Jesus says, don't be like the Gentiles who are always using meaningless repetition. Uh, why? Because they're trying to wear down their gods. But Jesus says to his disciples, don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. There is another indication from Jesus that we can pray with supreme confidence because we are our father's sons and daughters through Christ Jesus, praying in the name of Jesus. Do you see that, beloved? I am trusting the Holy Spirit that even through this message, your confidence in prayer will grow. And in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, he says, this is the confidence that we have, the assurance that we have when we approach God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we have whatever we are asking for. Now, hold your place in Matthew 6, if, if you do have a Bible, and then turn with me to Revelation chapter, let's see, where do we want to go? Uh, Revelation chapter, let's see, Revelation chapter, do I want to go to chapter 6? Um, be patient with me here. Um, let's see. It, it's either going to be Revelation 8 or Revelation 5. Um, golden bowls. Let's see. Um, still work on it. Yeah, let's go to Revelation chapter 5 and verse, <clears throat> verse 8. I want to show you yet another example of the kind of confidence that you can have in your prayers and the authority that you can have in your prayers. Listen to this. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, speaking of Jesus, when he had taken the book, uh, the four living creatures and the four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp. That's a a pray, an instrument of praise to God. So we have here praise and worship and prayer, holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense. And John tells us which are the prayers of the saints. Now, what does that tell you, beloved? Gold is the most expensive material. And the fact that God 
would take our prayers and put them in golden bowls full of incense and call them the prayers of the saints. That is, the incense is a sweet-smelling aroma. Listen, my friends, our praying, when we do it sincerely and in faith, is a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Why? Because we're talking to him, we're relating to him, we're depending upon him, we're doing his will, we're praying with faith and trusting that he will answer our prayers and that he will accomplish his work in the earth. So important is this concept that that we see it again in Romans 8, I'm sorry, Revelation 8, verse 3. Revelation 8, verse 3, and another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer, and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints, all the saints. Listen to that, all the saints. Listen, beloved, that includes you and me. You are part of the saints in Christ, that is, his church, that he might add it to all the prayers of the saints on the golden altar, which was before the throne. And we're not done in verse, let's read verses four and five. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Verse five, then the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar, threw it to the earth, and there followed peals of thunder and sounds and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. And then in response to the prayers of the saints, God begins to bring his judgment on the earth. Do you see, my friends, the authority that God has given to us when we pray? It's amazing to me. And yet, that we're not done. There's David refers to the prayers of the saints as incense in Psalm. <laughs> it's in Psalm 140. Is it Psalm 141 or one? Yeah, 141, verse 2. Psalm 141. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. He says, uh, This is David. O Lord, I call upon you, hasten to me. That is, listen to me quickly, move quickly, give ear to my voice when I call to you. May my prayer be counted as incense before you, the lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. You see, when Jews prayed, they usually prayed standing with hands outstretched in faith and in praise to God. But what does David say? He says that, his prayer uh, rises before God as incense. Why? Because David, through the Holy Spirit, understands the importance, the value, the influence of his praying. Now we can go back to Matthew chapter 6, and then notice what Jesus says in verse 9. We're going to focus on verses 9, 10, and uh, at least verse 11. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 6, 
Verse 9, pray then in this way or according to this pattern. It's more than just a, a prayer that you can pray in 10 seconds. It is a system of prayer. It's a pattern of prayer. So the first part is pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we've talked about um, the importance of just focusing on, on the Father and praising him and honoring him and listening to him before we pray, before we ask for anything. That's the first section, if you will, of this system of praying or this pattern of praying. You could spend an entire hour just on the first part if you wanted to. Oh, it could be five minutes. It could be one minute. There's no timetable here. Then we go to the next section, which is in verse 10, after we have prayed through verse 9. Then, now we want to engage with the Father through the Holy Spirit, who teaches us to pray and leads us in prayer in the name of Jesus. And we want to pray for God's kingdom to come. What does he say? Your kingdom come, verse 10, of Matthew 6, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As a matter of fact, in Greek it says, come your kingdom, be done your will on earth as it is in heaven. These are actually commands in the Greek language, which is an indicator, not that we're commanding God, but but when we're speaking to God, it has the idea of urgency, of importance. And look at the authority that Jesus gives to us in prayer that we can pray that God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That tells us, first of all, that we need to know God our Father, second of all, that we need to know what his will is, and then thirdly, that we should believe that when we pray, knowing him and knowing his will, he will answer our prayers and accomplish his work through us. Again, my friends, do you see why the title is Pray with Confidence, Pray with Authority? That's what Jesus wants us to know to understand, and to do. Now, what is God's kingdom? It is his purposes. We are part of that kingdom, but we're not the only part of that kingdom, of course. And so, to have a kingdom mindset, we need to know the king. We need to know his word. We need to know what it is that he wants done on the earth. And when we know these things, then we can pray with more effectiveness, more intelligence. We can understand the will of God. And we, I gave you an example of praying God's kingdom, uh, being interested in his kingdom, uh, first and foremost, from last week's message <coughs> in, as I looked at the great example of Nehemiah praying in Nehemiah chapter 1. I'm not going to take time to go over that again today, but I would encourage you to study Nehemiah's prayer 
in chapter one. It is a powerful, powerful prayer. So please listen to it. Okay, beloved, listen to what, uh, study what Nehemiah is, is teaching even when he prays. So now we can move on to verse 11, which specifically has to do with your needs every day and my needs every day. What does it say? Give us this day our daily bread. Well, what this section of this prayer, this part of this system of prayer, what is happening here? What what is Jesus saying here? Well, what he is saying is this, that he understands that our needs are important. He's telling us that our needs are important to God. Our requests are important to God. God is concerned about the littlest of needs to the greatest of needs. And he gives us an entire section of this pattern of prayer to show us how he sees our needs, how he understands the needs that we have, and he gives us an open door to talk to him about our needs. Listen, my friends, that is a great example of the goodness of God, isn't it? What an extraordinary example of the goodness of God that he would be so concerned about our needs. I'm not going to take time to read it, but let me give you another reference. Uh, Read Psalm 139. Read Psalm 139. I just shared a little bit of it today in um, our church service, one of the church services. Read, study, meditate on Psalm 139 so that you can understand that God your Father is intimately acquainted with all of your ways and all of my ways. God, let me put it this way, God is interested in your life. How's that? God is interested and involved in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. We still have to pray in faith, don't we? If we pray, give us this day our daily bread, that is meet our needs, we have to believe that God is interested enough in our lives to meet our needs, to answer our prayers. And we have to be patient because God doesn't answer our prayers according to our timetable and according to our will. It's according to his will and his timing. But I just see the brilliance, I hope you do too, of this pattern of prayer, because if Jesus had not invited us to uh, to ask God to meet our needs, then what would happen? We would try, we would be trying to meet our needs in our own strength, in our own ability, and we would be trusting in ourselves, or we would be trusting in man. But what is Jesus saying here? Trust in God. Trust in the Lord 
Proverbs 3, verses 4 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your paths straight. Don't you think the disciples knew those two verses extremely well? They had them memorized just like I do, which actually you should memorize Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 as well. So what an amazing thing that Jesus is building our confidence in prayer. He is giving us authority. Think about that. We have authority to go before the God of all that exists and say, I know that you know what my needs are. You're my father. You're my provider. Therefore, I'm coming to you as your son, as your daughter, and I am believing you to meet my needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? Are you listening out there and all throughout Africa? I know you are. Uh, you're listening up in Europe. You're listening in the U.S. and Canada and, and um Iceland and Greenland, you're listening in all of Latin America and in the Caribbean and in, and in Mexico as well. I greet all of you, my dear friends. And so we have a God who knows us so well. We have a God who cares <clears throat> about our needs and is willing to meet our needs. Do you know him? Do you know him? Have you ever asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, to forgive you of your sin? Have you come to the place in your life where you're desperate to know God, where you're desperate to know him like I'm talking about? Now, see, I've been walking with him since 1981, and this is 2022. That's a long time. It's a long time. That's more than 40 years. That's 41 years that I've known him. And I can tell you that he is good. And how did I know him? In, the, in 1981, I surrendered my life to Jesus. <clears throat> I told him that I was a sinner, that I needed forgiveness, that I needed his salvation. And I asked him, to save me of my sin, forgive me for my sin and give me eternal life. And he did. And I'm telling you, my friends, that very night, I had watched Billy Graham preach, the great American evangelist preach on who Jesus is. And I had hope that I could receive him as Lord and Savior. And I, well, his power just changed my life and he will change yours as well. Are you ready to ask him to change your life right now? If you are, he will do it. If you are sincere, he will change your life. Here is what the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. 
You must be saved from an eternity in hell, from your sin. And he makes it easy. All we have to do is ask. And I'm going to ask God with you right now to save you. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I'd like you to pray with me these words, Lord Jesus. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I need you and I surrender my life to you, Lord Jesus. Take my life, use it for your glory, live your life in me, and I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my Lord and Savior now. Thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven me of my sin, that you have made me a brand new person, that I will live for you and with you in heaven forever and ever and ever. I belong to you. I am yours. Now, let me pray for you, Father, for every single man, woman, young person, and child that pray that prayer. Seal it and protect them from the powers of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Until next week, may the Lord bless you greatly in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on Amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.